So it reminds me of one of the maxims that the Marines prescribe to. And it's really simple, but very powerful. And, and they have this saying that is mission first, Marines always. And essentially, oh, yeah. I like so, that. Yeah. I like so, that. Right. Mission first, Marines always. And essentially what this is saying is accomplishing the mission is why the organization exists. But taking care of your people, right, taking care of their needs, their growth and desires, it's an inherent part of accomplishing the mission. Welcome to the Emotional Intelligence Podcast, a podcast where we explore the intersection of emotional intelligence and leadership. And whether you're a seasoned executive or just starting out in your leadership journey, we're going to share practical tips, inspiring stories, and expert insights to help you develop your emotional intelligence and achieve your goals. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take your leadership skills to the next level. I'm Ismail. And I'm Samir. So Samir, even the strongest and emotionally intelligent leaders are faced with this age-old problem. And that is, how do you find a balance between being empathetic and holding your team accountable? I think it's a really good problem to have, and strong leaders experience this probably every day, but there's got to be a way to find that balance. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, it's a tough position to be in, right? Because emotionally intelligent leaders, they have a high propensity to empathize. So the human side of you, they want to keep empathizing and give more and more of your uh, self to help the person in need, right? But at the same time, you have to balance an individual's interests and needs against that of the larger team and the company as a whole. So oftentimes there is not an easy way to navigate that situation, right? Of, of continuing to empathize, but then also having to hold them accountable at a certain point. And, and, and it, it, it's a tough, it's a tough position. To be yeah. In. I mean, like you said, navigating this, this situation is really challenging. And I think, so today, why don't we talk about some strategies on how leaders can mentally frame the situation and how they can handle it to get the best result. So why don't we just jump right in? All right, let's do it. So what do you think the relationship between empathy and accountability is? Yeah, because if you think about it, it's not really natural, right? Like when a lot of leaders are struggling with this, but you don't hear these two terms being put next to each other a lot of mm -hmm. empathy and accountability. Uh, I personally think it's one of the hardest things to navigate as a leader of people is empathizing with difficult situations when people are going through stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like our, our teams, we want to care about them as individuals. We want to care about them holistically. We want to care about them at work, but also outside of work. And so everybody's struggling with something, right? Uh, whether it's um, issues with spousal relationship, children, um, maybe even pets or parents. Everyone's kind of got something going on outside of work that they're really struggling with. And so um, holding that or being empathetic to those situations, but also 
understanding that we have a business to run here, right? Mm -hmm. We have to get things done. We have to be able to bring um, revenue in the door to keep paychecks coming every couple of weeks. So those are some really difficult things or difficult situations that I've been in. And and, uh, so it reminds me of one of the maxims that the Marines prescribe to. And it's really simple, but very powerful. And, And they have this saying that is mission first, Marines always. And essentially, oh, yeah, like so, yeah, like so, right. Mission first, Marines always. And essentially what this is saying is accomplishing the mission is why the organization exists. But taking care of your people, right, taking care of their needs, their growth and desires, it's an inherent part of accomplishing the mission. So over the long term, you can't do one without the other is really what that's saying. And so for us, when we're thinking about how to navigate empathy and accountability as leaders, it's thinking about that balance that we need the people to accomplish the mission. So we have to really be there for the people and care about them. But then we also have a mission, right? And so, but the what the Marines believe is that if you take care of the people, the mission will take care of itself. And so that's sort of how I think about empathy and accountability is uh, if we take care of our people, the tasks will get accomplished. And there will be situations sometimes where it's going to be really difficult because there'll be a gray area between empathy and accountability, but those will be far and few between if you over time are creating an environment where you're taking care of your people very seldomly are you going to run into an issue where you have to have those difficult conversations i'm a huge believer in uh taking care of your people first Uh, something I, i talk about that with all of my team members with my management in my performance reviews is that the way that I succeed and the way that I have succeeded and gotten to where I have over the last 20 years is because I've taken care of my people. I fundamentally believe that um, if I don't, well, I fundamentally believe that micromanaging and trying to make, like, force the work to get done uh, or forcing people to get the work done doesn't uh, work in the long term, maybe the short term. But if I'm taking care of my people, it's building this loyalty and this motivation and trust that just makes them so motivated and energized that the work not only gets done, but it gets done in such a huge and and successful, positive way. Yeah. I mean, Ismail, I hear what you're saying, right? Trust is what binds accountability and empathy. This is a weird um, um, relationship to make here or comparison to make here. But I think of all of those TV shows or those documentaries about Navy SEALs and how how they succeed and how they do so well is they have to trust the person beside them, right? And you don't think about empathy and the Navy or the Marines, generally speaking. But I think that trust is, like you said, something like that's a glue that keeps everything together. And it's not that it's not that being empathetic and accountability, like being accountable or holding people accountable, it's not one or the other, right? You, they they certainly go hand in hand. Sometimes I think one will start first, and the other must 
come in. It must. It can't. It can't just be like, well, this is your job. Here are your duties. I pay you for this. Get it done. Which is some some people some people do it this way. But it's like, hey, here's we have a job. Hopefully, you can influence them to get it done and be want to do it. And then you have to take care of your people to to make sure it's done successfully. You know, over the years, I'm sure you've developed some strategies on how to hold your teams accountable. And, uh, you know, I would say for me, I've established those guardrails through just conversation. A lot of times it's happened very organically, right? Like I've been empathetic to them. Um, I'm consistent in that day to day, um, showing them that empathy, caring about them as, as individuals, caring about them holistically. And then throughout those conversations is really where I'm clearly laying out my expectations, right? And so setting those guardrails, setting those expectations for my team. And once I've set the expectations and I've done that with empathy, I feel like accountability sort of just happens. It's the outcome when, when those expectations are not met because we are on the same page, right? And I've, and I've kind of come into their world to set those expectations. So then when they're not, it's kind of like, Hey, like, you know, we talked about this, like you and I kind of had a meeting of the minds on this issue. You, you said that, you know, this is how you, you prefer to get it done. I, I thought that, that was fine. So I, I, I let you do it your way, but, but now you're not doing it. So what's going on. Right. So those are sort of some of the strategies that I use, um, to hold people accountable is really trying to, to my best to empathize with them, try to build a, uh, a way of completing the work that works for them. And then when it's not working, you kind of flip it and be like, Hey guy, like, you know, like we, like we're doing it how you wanted to. So that's, uh, that's been effective for me because then they, they put that guard down and they're like, yeah, you're actually right. You know? So I wanted to hear from you. What are some of the strategies that you've used over the years to hold people accountable on your teams? I think the first place I start is just being really clear about what the expectations are, right? It's, you know, both people need to be on the same page of what we're trying to accomplish. But after that, generally speaking, I'm going to jump right into individual ownership, meaning the person that I'm talking to or the team that I'm talking to, I'm handing over ownership of a particular task or project or initiative, whatever it may be. And they, I'm going to encourage them to be responsible for every step of the way to make it successful. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be encouraging autonomy. And those are the types of things I feel that drive and motivate people. But at the same time, I think there's an element of support and resources that you as a leader need to provide. And that's, that can be like, Hey, I noticed that this is what was happening. Why don't you try it this way? Or have you thought about what the outcome could be based on the approach that you're taking? Right. And that I think as it's almost well, b- bad example, but like as a parent guiding their child, right? Not that this is the case, but um, you are just providing your, you're providing your input. And some of the things that they're going to do might be incorrect, which means they're going to make mistakes and hope you're going to have to be okay with that because there's a learning opportunity there. And then 
I do fundamentally also believe in like the performance feedback and consequence slash rewards component, meaning that if they're doing well, there should be some form of reward there, whether it be the pat on the back, the recognition uh, company-wide or one-on-one. And then of course there's the, the notion of compensation and promotion. So those, those are, that's my approach for accountability as a whole, I do believe interspersed in there naturally as a good leader, as an empath, as a, as a high EQ leader, there is the empathy for um, embedded in each of those steps. Sure. Yeah. And one of the points you made that I, I really believe in is the normalization of performance conversations, right? That's a huge part of accountability and, and something that I really, really try to preach to my teams is let's normalize talking about performance, whether it's good, whether it's bad. Having conversations about how we're doing is the only way we're going to get better. It's the only way we're going to achieve our goals. So let's not stigmatize it and make it into a big deal. Like I should be able to call you, put a meeting on your calendar and says like performance discussion or, you know, uh, like check in and nobody should be having like, you know, no spikes in blood pressure should, should result from that. Let's just have an open and honest conversation about how you're doing um, and what challenges you're facing, how I can do better, how you can do better. And then we both walk away from it, gaining something. And so a huge part of accountability is having that feedback loop. It's, it's, it's really, really, you have to be really intentional and it's hard work, but you have to do it. Can I, I want to dig a little bit deeper in there is out of curiosity, do you set up one on regular one-on-ones or check-ins with your uh, senior leadership or your leadership um, or direct reports? Yeah, that's something that I've always done. Um, you know, recently, I think with now having more season like VP level people reporting to me, it's gotten a little more infrequent um, just because we have our sort of weekly touch base with 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 each other so there's four of us and and we'll we'll sit and have a have a team meeting but that one-on-one sort of like you know they're they're seasoned leaders they really know what they're doing so um at this point i don't feel the need to have that one-on-one conversation with them but i do a lot of skip level meetings so i'll skip them and i'll go down to their direct reports and i'll have meetings with them and just make sure they're doing all right you know and it's not always because i heard something or there's some sort of concern it's sometimes just the way that i can keep a keep a tab on like the heartbeat of the organization right like is reaching down to somebody who may not be someone i interact with daily um or even weekly or even monthly and just say like how you doing what's what's going on what's working what's not working how can we support you better and i get a ton of really really good um ideas and a lot of my um initiatives are based around that skip level feedback. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We hope you're enjoying the episode so far. If you want to stay updated on all the latest content and behind the scenes action, be sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and several other places by using the link in the show notes. And if it's not too much trouble, we'd love for you to leave a review and share this episode with some of your friends. Your support means everything to us, and we can't wait to connect with you online. Now, let's get back to the show. So, Esma, we talked about really how, you know, caring about our people holistically, empathizing with them, it kind of, and setting those 
guardrails is is a is a very organic way of creating accountability. Have you ever had a situation where you had to be more formal or more deliberate in setting parameters or creating accountability? Hundred percent, absolutely. I have, I have. Um, I I can't say it's like the most enjoyable situation. Well, I guess there's two ways to look at it. There's uh, being formal and explicit in a situation where they're asking for it, or that you can tell, hey, they're looking for this, and you're just going to walk them through. Why don't you try steps one, two, and three, or why don't you do steps one, two, and three, and then come back to me? Um, those I think are actually really interesting conversations because you're almost brainstorming and collaboratively setting out what the expectations are with with that person then there's the situation where you're like wait man okay this is not going as planned or this they're they're doing the incorrect thing and the mistakes are really piling up um i will still have that conversation in a collaborative way but i am pretty much before i've gone into that conversation in my head i kind of know where i want the the, the direction of the conversation to go and what I, what I, what my expectations are. Meaning I'll know the three, I always think of three things. Like it'll be the three things I want next are X, Y, and Z, but I'll try and make it so that it comes out as a collaborative, uh, it, a cl- it comes out in a collaborative manner. Right. Uh, and that's like, that's about again, you know, getting buy-in and influencing them and also just hearing what they have to say. But um, I will take that. I would say soft glove or kid glove approach to it. Um, I just have had the most, most success in that approach. How about yourself? Yeah, no, I've definitely had your way of, or that you described many, many of those conversations. I think I've also tried some more formal approaches. I've done like full blown accountability matrices where, you know, I've populated with my team like a role specific, almost like a job description. And I said, hey, guys, like this is this is what each my expectations are of each of these roles. And I and I explained to them that accountability, you know, it goes uphill. It's not it's not something where, you know, if something if somebody at the. Uh, most junior position makes a mistake. It's the responsibility or the accountability sits with every single person that's in a higher position within the organization. And so there's certain things that I'm solely accountable for. Um, and then each level within my organization takes on the accountability of of the mistakes that happen beneath them. And so I think that really takes a lot of pressure off of the, the more junior level team, right? Because they feel like, okay, this is what I'm responsible for. And if I, um, you know, am, am within these guardrails, if I'm operating and succeeding, then I am doing a good job. It kind of takes some of the guessing out of it of like, you know, those blurred lines of like, if, am I supposed to be doing this? Am I not doing everything I'm supposed to be doing? It's like, no, these six bullets, this is everything I need to be focused on. And if I'm doing this well, then I'm doing a good job. And then their manager will have a separate set of bullets, which will then also include everything for the junior positions that you're managing. And so I think, you know, when a like for my team seeing that, you know, at my level, I, I'm accountable to everything that happens. It really sets a good tone with them to say, like, I'm putting myself accountable first and foremost to everything that happens on this team. Um, And, and I found success in doing that. And like people really feel like some people like the structure. They like 
things laid out and very specific. And so I've actually like, you know, sometimes when we, we have a hybrid work environment and, and some people come in and some people don't, but a lot of people do come into the office and I'll walk around and I'll see like on their little, like, uh, their little pinup boards, like that accountability matrix. And they actually refer to it and they look at it and they, and they're like, Hey, like, okay. Like I just want to, something to just keep in mind in the back of their minds. Right. And so it's not something that we talk about every day. It's not something that I'm like laminated and hung up all over the office or anything, but like, I think it's a good reference point. And then I think through that, we've been able to normalize performance conversations because we can easily say like, look, this is within your, uh, your group of specific, you know, requirements and you missed X and Y. So now we're going to talk about it. Right. And so that's been helpful too, because we can just point to things and say, you know, you were responsible for doing this weekly. You haven't done it for the last two weeks. What's going on? Sure. Sure. I think that's great. I mean, I definitely think there's probably situations in my life where I wish I had an accountability matrix. So I knew, because I, I've asked my question that myself that question many times, like, am I supposed to be doing this? And frankly, I mean, for the most part, it's always worked out. But I, I hedge hedge my bets, and I kind of lean towards the perspective of, well, I'm just going to do this until someone tells me to stop. Right? Of course, it. I mean, it has to be the. I've had to have thought it through, and 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 it should be the right thing to to be doing. It's just if you don't see anyone else doing it, then you may as well just do it yourself until right. Because but it would have been so nice if I could see what I was actually accountable for, make sure that those things are getting done. And then anything on top of that is sort of gravy. Yeah. It's so interesting with accountability and empathy, like as a leader who is more emotionally intelligent, who's able to empathize easily. Like I found a lot of success in just almost believing in the greater goodness of people and like taking a very optimistic view of people and knowing that like if i care about them and i'm and i'm i i think i'll get what i need in return very seldomly have i been burned taking that approach so i don't think that's going to really change for me um but there are people who are a lot more skeptical a lot more pessimistic a lot more you know they 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 resign to like the negative uh most negative outcome, uh, the possibility of the most negative outcome. And, and I think those are the leaders that really struggle with, with this, with this topic, with this issue of accountability, holding people accountable. And that if there were some words of advice that you could give somebody like that, what would it be? They need to chill. I've said, that, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I say this a lot in terms of like, just to myself and to people around me so people just need to relax because i always i use this analogy or metaphor quite a bit but the golfing golf swing metaphor which is when you're if you are a golfer you're gonna know this but the harder that you try and swing to hit the perfect longest shot the worse it is when you stop thinking about it and just be like all right i'm just gonna have a nice smooth cool chill swing that thing's straight and it rockets. And my word of advice to people who are trying to rule with an iron fist to have that super hard swing, they need to let go a little bit and let people do their jobs and not worry about the problems that are going to happen. Because whether you want, whether you're trying to fight them or not, whether you're trying to avoid them or not, problems are going to happen. And the more you try and avoid them, the more they're going to come up. Sure. I completely agree. And I also would 
you know, just some closing thoughts on my end is the more you employ empathy, the more you care about people, the return on that investment is extremely, extremely uh, beneficial to you as a leader. It will be paying off for you if for years and years to come. These people will become so loyal to you. They will follow you into a fire. Yes. You know, um, but if you if you take that other approach, it's short term. Um, but that's really how I feel. And and so advice to young managers, advice to aspiring leaders is is really try to see the greater good in people, try to treat them like adults, treat them like humans and employ as much empathy as possible and then find what works for you to holding people accountable. Maybe your approach is more organic. Maybe it's more formal. Like I've used in the past, I've tried both, both are effective. Um, but, uh, but you, you, you gotta have the empathy piece. That's, that's the really, really critical one. And remember folks, I think the goal here is not to be entirely empathetic or entirely focused on accountability. I think it's about striking that balance and really leading that to it leading to like a motivated, efficient and sort of harmonious environment, right? Balancing. And we've talked about balancing accountability and uh, empathy. It's going to require some trial and error. You're going to figure out your way of doing it, but ultimately it's just going to lead to a stronger team, better relationships, and ultimately better performance. So I hope that uh, you've gleaned some thoughts and ideas uh, and tips and tricks from today's conversation. And we hope that uh, you really enjoy using them. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Emotional Intelligence Podcast. We hope you found it informative and enjoyable. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review on your favorite platform. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more people. If you're interested in learning more about the topics we discussed today, be sure to check out the show notes for links and resources. You can find them by visiting our website. And if you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us by email at info at emotionalintelligence.com or connect with us on social media by using the links in the show notes.